Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, and welcome to Concussion Talk Podcast. I'm Nick Mercer, and I'll be joined in this interview by Tyra Bradbury. It's Brain Injury Awareness Month in Canada, and this is episode 68. Concussion Talk Podcast is presented by HeadCheck Health. HeadCheck Health bridges the gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. To run organizations like the Canadian Football League, Track Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada, who rely on HeadCheck Health to improve communication and optimize care. Visit HeadCheckHealth.com for more. I'm on now with, with my first co-host, Terry Bradbury, and the the uh, NLBA President, Marina White, and the Executive Director of Ranger Canada, who is Michelle McDonald Friedman. Is that what your thing is? I'm Michelle McDonald. <laughs> Michelle McDonald. McDonald. Your grave name was. Anyway, um, yeah. But uh, so we're just talking about uh, June being Brain Injury Awareness Month in Canada, and what what uh, what both organizations are doing, the New Land Arbor Brain Association and Brain Injury Canada, and how this whole year, basically 2020 and COVID and all that stuff, how this has all impacted everything. So do with brain injury and disability and mental health and everything brain related so uh i will start mm-hmm. off by getting marina white because angie smith who you mentioned she was on she was on the podcast in 2015 right like fourth podcast um this this podcast 68 and i've uh, and she was on a podcast four and uh and yeah and so so people that haven't obviously listened to that one can can yeah, Marina? Can you just talk about Newfoundland Upper Branch Association and what you guys what you do there? Okay, uh, Nick. Well, we're a nonprofit organization which provides community-based education and support and intervention intervention services for brain injury survivors and their family. So um, we were established in 1984 and uh, we became incorporated in 1987. 
So we're currently the only brain injury organization providing any services for survivors and their families in Newfoundland Labrador. So with, with this COVID-19, it, it's kind of put a halt on everything that, that we're providing, you know, services and, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to your um, social events, like we have an ABLE group, which I'm the coordinator for, and, and right, we do yes. that and, and, you know, we do several things. And, I mean, when you're in a situation with brain injury or, or any disease or sickness, I mean, it does impact on your mental health. And to be in the situation we are now where people are shut in, they're alone, uh, there's very little sometimes correspondence between the outside world, you know, it, it does have a detrimental effect on one's mental health. And, you know, we're, we're trying to provide services in the situation that we are now, but yeah. obviously we can't be near yeah, people. Guess we, we can, because I, mean, I remember, yeah. remember I, was on, I was on the board of the NLBA, NLBA yeah. which is the acronym. Um, I was on the board of that for a while until, I, until, until 2017 when I had to leave because I had other health issues to deal with. Um, yeah. But um, so I remember you being... You're being obviously and with involved with the able group and say you set up the able group. That was the able group for a while. Yeah, for yeah. A, I'm not sure when exactly it was set up. That was 2013, maybe. Well, we started at the center about 18 years ago, and then the Newfoundland Labrador Brain Injury Association we adopted the group. Okay. And, uh, it's it's grown from from that on to what it is now, and I mean we okay. we we meet every week. And uh, every alternate week we bowl, and I mean, we have such competitive bowlers. I mean, it's it's scary. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone there brainjured or just or disabled, or how the group is? The uh, group is who's involved in the group? Who's involved okay. with the group? Yeah, uh, who? Who's involved well, we, with the group? We have, I mean, uh, several of our clients have brain injuries, but you know, different capacities. You know, like stroke. Yeah. And um, head trauma, some from other forms of things that have occurred in their lives, yeah, and yeah. you know they have just injury to their brains. And um, I mean, the brain injury is not only something that occurs from an, an automobile accident. I mean, Alzheimer's and ALS and all neurological diseases they affect your brain greatly. And in many cases, it changes your personality, it changes the way you talk, the way you walk, you know, different afflictions, and, and no two brain injuries are alike. So every treatment that a brain injury survivor, um, um, I mean, it's it's a unique treatment. It's, it's just more or less uh, for that specific person because all the disabilities with brain injury are so different. So we have treat them differently. Marina, can I ask you, I know you yourself, you got involved um, with the organization because you have personal experience with brain injury. Are you are you willing to talk about that a little bit? Oh, absolutely, yes, yeah. And, um, well, my son sustained a, a traumatic brain injury 20 years ago through an automobile accident. Right. And he had a second brain injury after that as well. So, I mean, he, he had two. And he's, he's survived, and he's doing quite well. He does have problems with his speech and mobility, but cognitively, I mean, he's very good. Mm -hmm. And um, he um, 
works part-time and he volunteers and he's part of a valuable group and he sits in on board meetings and that was my first experience with brain injury and um, unfortunately both of my parents had Alzheimer's which is another affliction to your brain that changes your your mood and your personality mm -hmm. and you know it's a whole realm of issues and uh, my husband, um, he was uh, diagnosed with ALS in September, and mm. he passed in June. So that was another uh, form of brain injury, very aggressive. Absolutely. Um, very aggressive, very debilitating. I think of all the injuries I've been associated with and I've seen, I think that had to be the worst. I mean, just mm -hmm. oh, yeah, terrible, you know. Yeah. So that's been my experience with brain injury and, you know, I've come to, and, and I wanted to give back as well because so many people helped me going through all of these processes of trauma because no one knows what brain injury really is. I mean, what it does to a person, it's, your brain, there's so much unknown about the brain, how it functions. I mean, it's your computer, it's your mainframe. So I mean, when something happens to your computer, I mean, you don't you don't um, work as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. So and I was blessed with so many people, so many friends, and 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 just helping me and my family with the situation. And I just felt like I want to give back. And if I can just help one pe one person, make one person smile. I mean, I feel mm -hmm. like well, I've done a little job. <laughs> That's Michelle, great. can I can I ask how prevalent brain injury is in in Canada? Uh, so um, there's 1.5 million. Stats are a bit hard to come by in Canada. We use um, the stats that we use are extrapolated from the U.S. Um, so we are hoping for some uh, for some university or academic center to take this on to really identify. Um, the, the accurate number, but the current stat that's used is 1.5 million Canadians. But as Marina said, it doesn't just affect the individual, it affects the whole family. Right. So the number is quite much higher. Um, and Marina did touch on that there's a choir, uh, so there's the umbrella term of acquired brain injury, and underneath that there's traumatic and non-traumatic. Um, so the, the, the definition of acquired brain injury is a, an injury to the brain after after birth that's not degenerative in nature. So Right. Um, car accidents, strokes, brain tumors, um, assaults, uh, intimate partner violence are all forms of, uh, of brain injury. Mm -hmm. um, so the numbers are staggeringly high. And then also when you look at the numbers for concussion, not every concussion is reported. Um, we use hospitalized um, hospitalization data. So how many people go to the emergency room? Um, how many people go to their family doctors, but even that's not completely accurate. So the real picture of for concussion is very unknown, but it's um, it, it's quite high. And and so this is a prevalent issue that needs to be looked at further and and, and prioritized. But it's just not being prioritized. Um, and even before COVID nineteen, it was not being prioritized. And is it? I mean, is it possible that people? can have a brain injury and not be aware you know be misdiagnosed say as depression or as something else and not connect it to a concussion that they had that they maybe didn't go see the doctor for yeah absolutely and we see that a lot in the prison population um yeah. there was a study done um through university of toronto and they went and um went to the to prisons and asked about uh, childhood injuries concussion mm -hmm. 
Um, and it was something, it was staggering, like 78% of people had self-reported concussions um, mm-hmm. from when they were young. So absolutely, there's um, there can be lasting um, impacts from undiagnosed uh, injuries. Okay. And uh, uh, sorry, Michelle, I just said you were, you were on, just on on episode, like, I don't even know the number, 64, or not 60, if you know, in April, in April or March, in March, we put it on in early April. But um, you, Brain Jacanda was was doing a. This is the start of the COVID crisis, so uh, Brain Jacanda was doing the uh, Brain Injury Challenges, and uh, how, how have they been going? And what's new in terms of in terms of that? What's your new challenges that you're promoting? Uh, yeah, so that was sort of our way of engaging um, our social media um, crowd uh, with, uh, d- you know, we, we know the people with brain injury are already socially isolated, and so this has impacted them mm-hmm. even further um, because a lot of their co- community programs have been taken away. Um, and a lot of their, you know, their gym time or their, phys- their, their physiotherapists and occupational therapists, a lot of that has been it, it just vanished. Um, so we issued a 12-week challenge. And I can't remember what week we're in, but this week is write a letter um, to someone that you haven't. So reconnect. Um, and they've been going really well. They, we've been seeing um, uptake from people across Canada. Um, and it's just, you know, just we want to keep people engaged and people active. Yeah. Um, and so there was, you know, cooking. I tried my hand at making bread. Um, <laughs> where, uh, How'd that uh, go? It didn't go well. Uh, <laughs> I've been told never to do it again. <laughs> um, Pretty strong reaction. <laughs> um, never Michelle. I know. Well, <laughs> all right, I'll give it one more try. Uh, but it's been, it's, we know that people are, um, at home, they're isolated, and so any way that we can get them engaged is really important. But then also understanding that our world has really moved online, and for a lot of people with brain injury, that's a barrier. The visual stress issues, the cognitive fatigue that comes with being online um, precludes them from participating. So that's something that when we move all of our community programs online, we have to keep that in mind as well. So. Um, yeah, this it, this COVID nineteen is a lot of the organizations, uh, brain injury associations have had to really quickly shift and adapt. Um, so what we're hoping to do is, after the fact or you know, as this goes on, get the best practices, what has really worked, what hasn't, and share those so that when we're better equipped to deal with either a second wave or a future pandemic, um, so that we can just pick up right where we left off and and, and keep people engaged. Great. And uh, I was asking both about uh, June being Brain Injury Awareness Month, and I guess I'll start off with, uh, well, who wants to, who's got something really, uh, actually, not to make you make, make you decide who speaks first. I'll decide, let's say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or Terry, Terry, you, Terry, you can decide. If you ask the Newfoundland NLBA or Brain Injury Canada about <laughs> June I'll being. Ask, yeah, I'll ask uh, Marina go, if go. she could tell me, I guess, what are your, what are your plans for Brain Injury Awareness Month? But also, I want to ask you if you think um, your organization is is recognized in the province as as you know as much as it should be. I guess in terms of funding or in terms of um, you know the amount of people dealing with this and the resources that you provide them. 
Well, for, for June for Brain Injury Awareness Month, we try to get out the current information, you know, nationally and provincially, mm -hmm. whatever's going on. And, and like anything medical that's occurring, that's new, we try to encourage, you know, um, you know, within the association, we try to get out as much as we can. Um, we have a super, super board of directors this year. I just only wish I could clone them because they are so dedicated. It, it's uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but for June, for June, we usually like for myself and my group for Able, which is um, um, our our support and, and social group, and uh, we hold a hot dog sale every year down at the Miller Center. And of course, now this year we can't do it. So I mean, with all the fundraising, it, it it's uh, impacted us greatly because I mean. Uh, unless you have funding, you can't provide the services that you really want to provide for you know right. for the community. That's so nice. um, what we've we've tried, like you were just talking about, uh, some of our survivors, they trying to do online uh, chatting and trying to source out information on the computer. This it's just impossible for some, mm -hmm. and you know we're just trying to reach out to whoever we can and pass along the word that, you know, we're here, we're open if anyone wants to chat. Right. And um, with my ABLE group, I've, I've, I set up a, a line with them. And like I told them from the beginning, you know, don't hesitate if you want to call me, I'm here. So I'm only a phone call away and okay. any way I can reach out to anyone. I mean, my number is available. I mean, just call me. Okay. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Nick? Oh, oh <laughs> uh, so, so Michelle, then, what uh, does Brandy Canada have anything having anything planned for or anything planned or would have been planned would have you would have been doing in june had this COVID not happened and now that the COVID has happened what are you doing in june uh so june is always a really exciting month um yeah. there's a flurry of activity across the country um and you know i should say that awareness should happen all year but there seems yes. to be an apex in june um so what we would have done, um, there was I was supposed to go to BC to do a tour of the British uh, British Columbia Brain Injury um, Associations, and also there were think tanks happening um, that had been provincially funded um, through the Gerald Bree Center for Traumatic Life Losses, um, and they were on uh, the topic was on uh, brain injury, uh, mental health, and addiction. Um, I was supposed to go to Montreal for, uh, for a, um, a conference on, um, uh, traumatic brain injury research. And then there's also events in Toronto within Ottawa. So none of that's uh, happening. No, exactly. <laughs> um, so, um, so for the last eight months, um, back in last fall, we sent out an email to all the associations across Canada, both the community and provincial level to say, we'd like to collaborate on a brain injury Awareness Month online campaign. Are you interested in participating in a working group? And so we had a great response. Um, so this group met probably over uh, the phone and over Zoom, um, maybe once every six weeks to talk about um, the you know what's what what activities they're doing um, within their within their communities. But then what can we collaborate on? And then also this is just the start of what we want to do. We want to do an, a national awareness campaign. Um, work towards that, to, but we need to decide what is awareness. Are we raising awareness to change policy, to get more funding? Um, are we raising awareness in the general public? Um, or are we giving uh, survivors a voice? Um, or maybe we're doing all of that. Maybe So we re- really need to focus what are we doing, what is the point of awareness, and if we're to do a Bell, you know, similar to the Bell Let's Talk campaign, what are we trying to achieve through that? So that's to come. But um, so for the last eight months, this working group, um, we worked collaboratively and we developed um, a uh, we, we decided to continue on the anyone, anytime, anywhere campaign for this year. Um, so that's brain injury can happen to anyone, anytime, anywhere. Um, and so we've created some posts uh, to go on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you know, whatever platforms the organization has. Um, and then each week focuses on one of those themes. And then the last week is a bit of a wild card where we're posting stats, comments from real people, um, and then other engaging content. Um, so 
we also know that June is a major fundraising campaign month. Many people do runs, they do walks, they do networking galas and other in-person events. And so due to COVID-19, none of this is able to happen. So it's leaving organizations with massive funding gaps. Mm -hmm. um, we were supposed to have our conference in April, um, which is a huge fund, fund generator for us, but we had to postpone it to sep September and they're talking about September not even being able to meet in new groups so or large groups. So we've had to move, move it to next June. So there's these massive funding gaps that are happening for all these charities and all these, and not just in the brain injury sector, for all, the whole charitable sector. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it's a real, we can do our online campaign, and we I'm thrilled at the collaboration from the provinces and the communities. Um, but we also need to be able to recognize that our funding, a lot of our organization's fundings are gone now um, for the time being. So that's something that we probably also need to raise awareness about and do a donation um, drive in the fall or something. How will you come back from that? If you, you know, you're yeah. Is that it's, a worry? Is that a concern? Oh, I think so. I think that this, this pandemic, we're hearing a lot about the businesses that are closing, but it's hit the charitable mm -hmm. sector hard. Um, and there have, there's been massive layoffs um, there. And I think we'll see this for years to come that, you know, we we also we rely on sponsorships and donations from businesses and corporations. Um, but they've seen a drastic decline in their profits as well. So they'll probably be more selective in the charities they support and how much money they give. So I think we'll see our corporate campaigns um, decrease. Um, and so. I think there also has been a shift in um, in both the public and the private sector of funding going towards pandemic planning, mm. um, but not going towards the community services that are so crucial to. Um, so it's it's something that we, you know we have to sort of band together and raise awareness about that. You know the charitable sector has really been left behind, and there's not been a lot of. Um, while we're included in some of the, you know, the programs the federal government has, there's nothing been really specific for the charitable sector. Um, so it, it's, it, I think we'll see the impact for years to come. And, and unfortunately, I think a lot of the programming that's been, that has been delivered will probably uh, be reduced as a, as a result of this. Mm -hmm, for sure. Do you feel the same, Marina? Can you see your programming well, impact as a result of funding after this? Absolutely, yes. I mean, we had fans, you know, like our main events, like a golf tournament and, and several different things that we've, I mean, we've had to cancel. And I mean, between the volunteers and the money you raise, I mean, it's absolutely crucial to have mm -hmm. all that in place so you can, you know, continue to provide services. But in the same thing for um, June Awareness Month, we have uh, decided to have a bake sale and, and um, it's a virtual bake sale and okay. we have a walk. It's, it's all advertised on our website. So if uh, people would you know care to go and check on that, it's available. And also we, we started a 50-50 draw and it's, it's been very successful. And, if we get to sell all our tickets, I mean, some lucky person will win, you know, nice sum of money. Mm -hmm. So that 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 uh, little fundraiser is, is online, and I mean, anyone can contact myself or anyone on the association, and we'll be glad to assist with uh, anyone that wants tickets. And that's mm -hmm. just something we're promoting in June because of the fact that we can't, 
you know, and, and we haven't done any fundraising through the year because of the COVID-19. So, I mean, we're all suffering greatly from that, unfortunately. Difficult, for sure. Yeah, Can like I said, the, you know, the, the nonprofit organizations, they're the ones that are really suffering. That's right. Can I ask both of you, I mean, it, it being bringing into your awareness month about to be and, and with the limitations that you have on you in terms of what you can do and how you can promote your events this month, can I ask you both, um, what would you like the public to know about brain injury? What do you think the public needs to know about it? I think the people. I think the the people need to be educated. Um, mm-hmm. There's such a stigma connected to brain injury. I find uh, a lot of people aren't comfortable around brain injury survivors, which is very unfortunate. Right. And people with brain injury don't always want to, you know, say, "Oh, I had a brain injury, or I'm suffering from a brain injury," because of the stigma connected with that as well. Uh-huh. And I, I, you know, it's so prevalent out there. I mean, people need to not be afraid to become involved with with people that are brain injured. I mean, they're, they're regular people just like ourselves. I mean, they, they live differently. They do things differently. And I mean, they have a heart, you know, they hurt. They mm-hmm. have a mind which they can use, you know, beautiful minds. And... Uh, I mean, it's just something that, that people have to get over this stigma and, I mean, just just not be afraid. And, I mean, if they get an opportunity to help someone, I mean, please go do it, even if it's just a hello or a smile or anything at all. Reach out to people. And I guess... especially, especially with this time of year and, and everything that's going on with the COVID. And, and also, I want to speak about helmet safety because this is a little crucial, too, and that, Mm-hmm. Not only this time of year, but all year long. I mean, depending on the activity that you're involved with, I mean, summer and winter and different activities, you have to wear the specific helmet for that activity and um, you have to fit it properly. So, I mean, if anyone out there wants any information on how to fit a helmet properly or which helmet they should purchase, I mean, just feel free to call us and, I mean, we'll help. We've held clinics in the past. And, I mean, if anyone wants anything, you know, to help like with that, we can certainly accommodate them. Perfect. Thanks. Michelle? Sorry, I lost the question. What was the... <laughs> what, yeah, what, would you, what do you want people to know about right. brain injury, if you had to summarize? Um, I think that, you know, there's so... It's it's so prevalent and there's so many different facets to it. There's not just one definition. I mean, there's a definition for it, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the, that intimate part, it can happen at home, intimate partner mm-hmm. violence, 270,000 Canadian women a year suffer uh, brain injuries from intimate partner violence. Mm-hmm. Um, the homeless oh, 50% of homeless people have brain injuries. Um, you know, the incarceration numbers of people uh, with brain injury. And then also when you look at the indigenous um, populations, they're twice as likely to have a brain injury, um, but also 
don't have the same access to rehabilitation and treatment, so have poorer mm-hmm. health outcomes. So I think raising awareness about that, you know, brain injuries beyond just concussion in sports and youth. There is so much more. More they're seeing more concussions in seniors than they are in youth. Um, so, but, you know, but seniors have a, a higher chance of being hospitalized because if they fall and they've hit their head, but they've also broken their hip or, um, so I think that there's just raising, having it on people's radar. Um, I completely agree about the stigma. Um, one of the challenges is with brain injury is that it's invisible a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. people have to feel, you know, especially when, you know, for someone interacting with, um, First responders. This is why we partnered with Medical Alert, and I think they, uh, the Newfoundland uh, Police Services, joined um, with yeah, their connection. I was actually, I was actually at the uh, the ceremony with Angie. Oh, that's great. So yeah. that's what we've been doing with. We started this partnership with Brain and, with um, Medical Alert a few years ago, and we've been connecting them with as they. Um, partner with these police services, we've been connecting them with the Brain Injury Association because things like failure to initiate or um, impulse control or um, perseveration, those can often be seen as as defiance um, if people... So with Connect Protect, they're able to, if someone has a brain injury and they're part of the Medical Alert program, the police services are able to just log in that number and go, oh, this person has a brain injury. These are some of their common, um, they have memory issues. They have, um, you know, they, they they tend to perseverate. Then they'll know. And it, and it also enables us access to first responders to educate them about mm-hmm. brain injury because um, traditionally that's quite hard to do. So I think in a nutshell, I want everyone to know everything about brain injury, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, so. There is no, there's no nut big enough. It's <laughs> awesome powerful to say. Yeah, but I think just creating awareness about that these are people. They are deserve to be valued, engaged, and supported in their communities, um, and, and and they have the same rights um, and should have the same opportunities as everyone else. Um, and you know, I just think that understanding brain injury would be would go a long way to helping people not be afraid of brain injury, not making people feel stigmatized. So it's true. I agree a hundred percent. Excellent. Thank you. Well, actually, well, just for, for, sorry, Marina, do you want to say something? Yeah. No, I was just going to say that you know we can we can we can take this into our own hands as well. I mean, to promote. Um, a healthy style of living, you know, uh, don't overindulge with alcohol and, and try to restrain from using um, drugs. You know, substance abuse is, is a big thing as well. And I mean, all this causes brain injury. And, you know, um, things that we eat, you know, we can keep our bodies healthy, but we can also keep our brains healthy. And we should exercise our brains as well, because I mean, as we get older, there's, you know, not so many healthy brain cells there as when we're younger. So, I mean, we have to, what we have left, we have to really concentrate on keeping them healthy. And, I mean, eating the right foods and, you know, the right food groups. I mean, that, that'll certainly encourage, you know, a healthy living style and, and just keep our brains, you know, a little more active and healthy as we get older. And, you know, that, that helps along the way as well. Yeah, actually, Michelle, I'm just watching you know, watching the pulses of the uh, Skype balloons, I guess. Uh, on the, so uh, I saw yours increase, so I thought you may have something to say, but it's hard to tell because really, I'm just looking at those white circles. Oh, no, I was, just, 
I was just uh, nodding, maybe. See. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, there goes. Um, uh, so, I guess now, before we, we close off, because uh, this is for my co host as a guest, kind of almost. Um, the the court system because I know Tara that's what Tara that's what Tara is doing a lot of our work now, and uh, as a as a reporter, um, yeah, and the there's a lot of talk about the the you was with YouTube before the, we started this uh, this podcast. We're talking about the need for a definition in court or that there's the lot of problems that brain injured brain injured people have with the court system. So would you want to talk? I know it's it's a longer it's a full podcast of its own right, but uh, longer the full few part podcast, the full series of its own right. But uh, <laughs> but I mean it in does, like in the on like five minutes, whatever. Or I mean, it does not Nick a lot in court. I see, and 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 Michelle and Marina can you know can speak about it. But when when I see it in court, it's in terms of of victims of crime as well as offenders. You know, it is common on both sides, and it's an issue that that isn't really you know it they don't they don't know how to deal with it they it takes a lot to call in an expert to confirm to you know when when that's when that's um a defense in a crime it takes a lot to get that you know verified to get that accepted as as appropriate defense to what can you can you talk about that michelle what you were mentioning in terms of the criminal code and the advocacy work that you're doing yeah, so um, brain injury, and I'm talking more specifically about offenders, um, yeah. brain injury, um, there's no definition. It, it doesn't fit really in the criminal code. It falls under mental health. Mm-hmm. And so when I was speaking to a judge um, in Ottawa, and Ottawa has a mental health court. Not every area has a mental health court. I'm located in Ottawa. Um, mm-hmm. But I was speaking to a judge, and she said one of the problems that she sees is that there's no proper place for brain injury. It falls under mental health. But then when the judge needs to order assessments, their mental health assessments and brain injury is not a mental health issue brain injury is an injury to the brain someone with a brain injury may suffer from mental health issues such as anxiety depression um you know but but brain injury itself is not a mental health issue so if the if the court the um the judge can't order the proper assessments then they're not going to get a proper um they're not going to get a proper idea of what's happening and not to excuse crime but you know, you have to look at the whole situation. Um, and, and and it's a more human side of looking at um, why this was happening. And maybe there's impulse control issues. Um, maybe there's manipulation. Um, so looking, having the proper assessments enables them to get a proper picture. Um, but without that proper picture, then when they're making um, the the, and I'm, I've lost the word for um, the judgment, when they're making the... Uh, recommendation um it becomes if without that proper picture they can't really make it in a rehabilitative nature they're looking at a more punitive mm-hmm. um and so it's this cycle if they're not then they go into the correction system and the correction system doesn't know how to treat people with brain injury and so someone you know they're being told to do something but they have initiation problems well then that becomes a behavior issue and they're de- being defiant so it's not really giving a proper picture and it's setting that person up for um, for failure. And so getting, and, and we see this not just with brain injury, but also with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, because mm-hmm. it also is not a mental health issue, but also is there, it, it, they are also overrepresented in the criminal justice system. Um, so be, we've been working with those groups to, to see how can we 
you know, get the criminal code changed to include proper definitions of brain injury um, and, and FASD. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's something that we're working on. Um, we were able to meet with um, a policy advisor for the, the Minister of Justice, David Lametti, mm-hmm. uh, Minister of Justice and Attorney General, um, which was a great start, but then COVID-19 happened and no one's meeting with anyone. Um, so we'll keep at this because it's, it's, it's an important issue. Um, and yes, crime shouldn't happen, but looking at why the crime happened, but then also what is the proper, it should be rehabilitative in nature um, mm-hmm. rather than simply punitive. So, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a complex issue, but it's, uh, it's an important issue. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, for me, I mean, I, that's just, I mean, there's so much to unpack and for the you know, the justice system and brain injury that uh, I think it's a really interesting topic that I will, no doubt, I will definitely get into more in these podcasts. But um, for now, mm-hmm. for this this podcast was about, well, hopefully it was, hopefully going to hopefully be about Brain Injury Awareness Month and it's been about that, but it's, this COVID, of course, has detracted from all the activities and all the Good stuff that can happen in June, and uh, but but I mean, there's still there's still opportunities to help out and to and to to give and to give your time, most more importantly, and to to share your your share with your issues and and your problems. And so, uh, and 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 then more and also with that, if you're sharing, someone needs to listen. Someone needs to also be. I thought they end up sharing is two way street, but um. So uh, I'd like to thank you both for for being part of this podcast. And since this Tara's first first time I had a co-host, Tara, so Tara can sign us off and or 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 ask any other questions you may have because I can't see this is where I can't see anybody. I can just see balloons on Skype. That's so. because that's because you're the only one with the camera turned on. <laughs> <laughs> the quarantine has not been kind to me. I, I, I don't I don't care about that. My hair is skewed. Tara, we can all relate to that. <laughs> There's a reason why I'm in print. This is exactly <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies, both of you, and thank you for the important work that you do. Thank you so much. Oh, okay much for having us yeah thank you for the opportunity to, to yes. talk about Great. brain injury awareness month yeah and we certainly need to talk about this more in the future as well there's certainly a lot there to uh, okay. talk about yeah thank you whether you're in canada or not i encourage you to please get involved and learn about brain injury by visiting your local or national brain injury organization Thank you all for listening. As always, music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. www.bensound.com Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.